Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Haba evening service here at Every Nation Rosebank. It's good to see you all. So we are carrying on with our series on worship that is called All In. And tonight we're going to be talking about Together We Worship. Who made it to the, um, the sermon that Pastor Langer preached two weeks ago? Fantastic. If you have not heard that sermon, please make sure you get the podcasts, mostly because you're never going to think about apples the same way ever again. In the last two weeks, I have not touched an apple. But we're carrying on talking about worship. And I'm going to read from Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, I've been around for a long time, I've been a Christian for a long time, I've been involved with worship for a long time, and I've sat through many people teaching on this particular scripture. And what they always focus on is the Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs bit. And we unpack that, we look at the Greek words, and it's powerful. It's amazing what those words mean. It's really incredible. And I highly encourage you to do a study on that soon. Tonight's not going to be that night. But as I was reading this again and afresh um, recently, it really struck me how that's, that scripture talks twice about gratitude and thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and gratitude. In English, they're kind of synonyms for each other. Gratitude and thanksgiving. And we must be very careful not to make the mistake to think that when we say the word worship, it is only about singing and playing music. Worship is about the attitude of our hearts. It's about everything we bring to the Lord. Now, two weeks ago, Pastor Longa spoke to us about the fact that worship is us making a choice to be living sacrifices before the Lord. That it's us being so grateful for everything he has done that we willingly and consciously give up ourselves as a sacrifice to him. Can you see how worship is so much more than singing and music? In fact, when we sing and play music together like we did tonight, that should just be an expression of all the worship we have lived through the week. Hebrews 13 verse 15 says, Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. The fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. And so Colossians here that we've just read explains something of what the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name is. And yes, they're psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. But actually what they are are offerings of gratitude and thanksgiving. Perpetual and continual offerings of gratitude and thanksgiving. Thanksgiving can be hard. (laughs) In fact, I sometimes struggle to give thanks. You're all shocked. (laughs) Because I'm a human and I live in Johannesburg and I live in the world and I deal with all the stuff that humans deal with, I sometimes struggle to give thanks. And I feel like I'm in good company tonight. Have you ever struggled to give thanks? There we go. Look at your friend and say, yep, I've struggled to give thanks. 
but it's something we're gonna have to learn to do more and more and more in our worship journey. Now, can you also see that the context of Colossians 3 is actually the spiritual family? It's the community of faith. Why? It says that when we sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, we are supposed to be teaching and admonishing each other. What are we teaching and admonishing each other in? Our testimony of who God is. When we sing those songs, we are giving thanks to God, but we're giving thanks in front of each other. This is what the Lord has done in my life. That testimony we just heard, who, who was grateful? Who had thanks rising up in their heart when they heard that testimony? Who of you felt like, wow, I'm not the only one? Who of you thought like, man, maybe God's going to do something awesome for me? See, that's psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And when we come to church, when we gather like this, all of us have something to say about who God is and what he's done in our life. And we can teach each other. A.W. Tozer says this. He says, I believe a local church exists to do corporately what each Christian believer should be doing individually, and that is to worship God. It is to show forth the excellence of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. It is to reflect the glories of Christ ever shining upon us through the ministries of the Holy Spirit. Now, yes, we can and must worship individually, but now hear me, that's not just us popping our favorite CD into the car. Oh, Lord, I'm so old. Um, <laughs> I do actually have Deezer and I use playlists. Um, but that's not me just putting um, my offering by WWW on repeat on Deezer and just singing along while I'm doing the dishes. That's a good thing to do. But pray, worshiping individually means that through my day, through my week, I am giving thanks to God. I am practicing gratitude for who he is in my life. But there's something special about when we come together to give thanks. Now, let me explain a little bit. There are some things in life you are never, ever meant to give thanks for. There are some things in life we just need to recognize this is awful, this is horrible, this is not God's will. And we don't say thank you for that. But what we need to learn to do is to give thanks in everything. Not for everything, but absolutely in everything. What do I mean by that? Well, God is with you in every single one of your situations. Now, I've done this a couple of times, and the only resource I have is Google. So it seems like there are literally seven times, maybe only seven times, but exactly seven times, that God promise us, promises us through the Old Testament and the New that He is with us. Now, I don't want to read too much into that number, but ironically, seven is the number of perfection. And so I feel like God has told us exactly the right amount of times we need to hear so that we will absolutely believe that it is true that he is with us. It is the one promise in scripture that has no conditions. I am with you. And so when life sucks, <laughs> when stuff is hard, when nothing makes sense, I learn to give thanks in that situation. And all I'm giving thanks for is, God, I'm not alone. God, you are standing here with me. I've got you to fight with for a moment, but I am not 
alone because you have promised you are with me. There is nothing in our lives that can keep God from us. No matter what we are living through, if we will take a moment to find God, we will be able to give thanks for his presence with us. And this is why giving thanks and gratitude is hard. Because we've got to admit we're not in control. We've got to admit we, we by ourselves cannot make anything happen in our lives. And then we give thanks because he is the one who's in control. And he is the one who's going to carry us through that. In fact, thanksgiving is the doorway we walk through to access God. Do you want more of God's presence? Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Psalm 95 verse 2 says, Let us come into his presence with what? Thanksgiving. Let us make a, a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. If you're wondering what a joyful noise sounds like, it was when you were singing happy birthday to serve, that's a joyful noise. A nothing musical about what happened there. <laughs> but God receives a joyful noise. <laughs> oh dear, Lirae, I just threw shade, I'm sorry. I promised Lirae I wouldn't, but I don't know. <laughs> now it's interesting because Psalm 100 so the first verse in Psalm 100 says this. It says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. That entire psalm is about the nation of Israel coming together to declare before the world the goodness of God. It is an us psalm, a we psalm, not a me psalm. Psalm 95 is written in the exact same context. Well, what is important about this? Every one of you sitting in this room tonight has a problem, has an issue, has something that's unresolved, has something that is just not sitting right with you. Am I right? It's a given. And yet Israel, all of them, coming with their own stuff, for a moment set that aside, and together they declare, but this is what the Lord has done for us. They give thanks. And rather than just focusing on their own lives, they look and see what has the Lord done amongst us. Because at the same time, every single one of you has a testimony of God's goodness and God's glory. I phrase it like this. Life doesn't happen in neat little packages. Imagine how nice it would be if you could just go, thank you, we'll take this much pain and suffering for the next three months, great, sorted, we've done that, okay, yes, now we'll take the next lot. No, I think life just splatters across your windscreen. <laughs> and, and, and you know, sometimes when that happens on your windscreen, like some of it is really chunky and thick, and it takes a lot more water and windscreen wiping to get it off, and then just as you've got a clear patch, something else splatters across. And so at exactly the same time, there is stuff that we are not thankful for at all, but there's stuff that we know God is doing, and for that we are incredibly grateful. And when we come together corporately, we have a moment, just to, for a second, to step out of whatever is happening in our situation and to look at the great God and say, but that's who I serve. And everything else has to bow.
When we give God our thanks and praise the way the Bible tells us, we release supernatural authority over whatever situation we are facing. When I choose to thank God in the middle of that situation, guess what? That situation no longer has control. So was, who was talking about identity? Sorry, my brain stopped working for a moment. Somebody was talking about identity, am I right? Tabang. <laughs> Being 40, almost 47 is an interesting reality. <laughs> Tabang was talking about identity. <clears throat> no, I've lost my thought. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> so when we, when we give thanks the way the Bible tells us, it releases supernatural authority over a situation. This is what I'm trying to say, because suddenly, when I choose to praise God in the worst thing that has happened to me today, it no longer defines me. He does. He does. And when I give thanks to God in that absolutely nightmare of a situation, guess what? I find peace. I find no, a lack of stress and a lack of worry, and I let him do what he's going to do. And I wait there and watch him do it. I've prophesied this over so many people in my life, but I've watched how true it is. Right now, God is working in the background of your life to set you up for blessing. And we are panicking and stressing and making wildly desperate plans because we forget that we have a great and good God working on our behalf. It's hard. We're human. We struggle with this. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. In fact, I'll talk about it now. And that's why we have spiritual family. We worship together. God gave us spiritual family. Now, take a quick look around at the people around you. There we go. Now, for just a second, go, oh, God. <laughs> this is who he's given you. And he's given you to them. And this is the weirdest thing. But God puts broken people together in a space so that they can help and encourage each other. You are meant to be brothers and sisters, friends to each other. Spiritual family. I'm going to say this. We have this thing in this church where only the pastor will counsel me. Well, for starters, you're going to wait a very long time because a lot of you want counseling. <laughs> you are going to wait a long time. But more importantly than that, you are meant to counsel each other. You are meant to minister and encourage and bless and pray for and prophesy over each other. You see, the reason we don't want to do that is because that person's broken, and that person sinned, and that person might be a dad crazy, but so are you. And what I've learned in my life is that when I choose to submit to another broken human being and open my life, everybody on this front row knows what I'm talking about. They have seen my stuff. They still kind of like me. Healing comes, deliverance comes, encouragement comes. And guess what? Every one of these amazing people on the front row have done the same with me. They have let me see their stuff, and we've helped each other, and we have encouraged each other. That is called spiritual family. It takes humility. It takes a willingness to look like a fool for five seconds. The Bible says, it's in Proverbs, it says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. 
So take your name off the pastor's counseling list and get with your spiritual family. And so, yes, God does deal with us as individuals. But throughout Scripture, God talks to His people as a family, as a group, in the corporate. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. If an individual stood up and said, I am a nation, some of you feel like you're the president of your nation, um, we would think they were crazy. An individual is not a nation. When we gather together in our corporate context, we stand before God and all the earth as a royal priesthood and a holy nation. It is a prophetic picture to the world. This is how God heals the world. These people. We together are the church, one body in all our various parts and diverse functions. Seeing the kingdom of God manifest in our city and our nation. Any great Christian, think of that great man of God, that great woman of God. If they are worth their weight in salt, maybe gold rather, it's because they know about team. We might see them on the TV and hear them preach, but they had better be in the context of team. Because God uses team. And whoever is great in the kingdom of God has a team that is working with them. Because that is always God's plan. You and I together, with all our craziness, and some of us are crazier than others. Now, Psalm 22, verse 3, sorry, verse 3 says, yes, you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. This is talking about God. You are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. This is where we get this concept of God inhabiting our praises. But this is the only scripture in the Bible that says that. Now, notice, whose praises is he inhabiting? Is it David's praises? Is it Asaph's praises, Moses, Ntando, Greg, Savirat? No, it's Israel. The praise that God inhabits is the corporate praise. The space where all of us together come and lift him up. And then he builds a throne. And guess what? It's not just when we sing and worship. It's when we pray. It's in things like when we ran the land think tank. That was worship to the Lord. His people getting together to debate and argue and fight and come to a conclusion about this is what God wants with the land. In that moment, God built his throne on that worship. And I believe that we are one of the few churches who's actually been invited back to give that submission to the bigger caucus, to the people who actually are gonna make those decisions. That's what happens when we give God worship that he can build his throne on, when it's just not just my opinion and what I want and what I think. We can and will experience God's anointing when we worship individually, but the gathering of the saints is a holy space where God does great and mighty things. A man called Don Whitney says this, 
There's an element of worship in Christianity that cannot be experienced in private worship or by watching worship. There are some graces and blessings that God gives only in the meeting together with other believers. And so yes, in your home, in your home, in your car, be praying, be worshiping, be expressing your faith, but make sure you don't miss out on the corporate gathering. In fact, the the writers of the New Testament thought that the corporate gathering was so good that Paul commanded us, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. I want to tell you this, every cult that has ever existed is because somebody got offended at the church and forsook the gathering of the saints. And then they came up with crazy nonsense. Go and test me on that. Look at the history of cults. I'm telling you right now. Every single one of them. Recently, I was doing some research on the internet, and I found this church in America, and it was great. I was reading some articles, and I was looking around their website, and I discovered to my shock and horror that they do this thing where you can create your own church service. It was literally called Create Your Own Church Service. And you can choose three songs and rhyme them up. What you can't choose is the announcements. You can choose which, <laughs> you, you can choose which sermon of the Sunday you want, and you can have church at home. What I'm telling you is that that is called watching worship and listening to podcasts. It is in no way church. There is nothing about that that is church. Why? Because you are the church. And so it's fine that Tabang stayed home one day and watched Bill Johnson on TV. She has not forsaken the gathering of the saints. But you get the misunderstanding of that. Because what if there was prophecy that Sunday? You're not going to get anything. What if they laid hands to release people into their destiny? You ain't going to get nothing. What if they were giving away free husbands that Sunday? You ain't getting nothing. <laughs> so that's a bit of a cult. Any church who does that, just leave immediately. But are you getting my point? You are the church, and there is life and love and grace that will only flow because you are sitting in this room or at the prayer meeting or in your connect group. Connect group is just another form of corporate gathering. It's smaller and more intimate, but it carries weight. And, and just thinking about it, and I was looking on the internet, and these are things I thought are really applicable to us, why we should keep worshiping together. The first one is that when we come to a corporate gathering, we awaken. Who gets discouraged in the week? <laughs> there we go. Why? Because living in this world is hard. And so there's a space when you walk through those doors on a Sunday or go to the prayer meeting or go to connect group, suddenly your spirit's going to awaken again. There's going to be an encouragement. Something's going to come alive in you again. You're going to remember that this is not your ultimate reality. When you come here, something's going to clear in your spirit, in your mind, in your understanding, because we are gathering together to glorify God. Martin Luther said this. He said, at home in my own house, there is no warmth or vigor in me, but in the church, when the multitude is gathered together, a fire is kindled in my heart, and it breaks its way through. And that is what corporate gathering, corporate worship, corporate prayer, corporate being together does for us. It awakens us. 
Secondly, it gives us assurance. And so, yes, we meet together and there's fellowship, and that is good. You know that fellowship is worship to God. Fellowship is spiritual. Why? Because when we fellowship, we're reflecting God's love, God's glory, God's grace. I want to tell you, if you ever came to the church office on any random, let's say, Thursday afternoon, there's a certain office that is just raucous and crazy and silly and stupid. I'm not pointing out anyway. Um, And you might think, what on earth is happening here? Well, fellowship is happening. But what is actually happening? We're celebrating God. We're working to understand more of his love, more of his grace, so that as leaders, we have joy to give you. As leaders, we have grace and love to give you because we are experiencing it. That is a holy moment in that office. I do a lot of counseling, and so I often have to close my door and ask for for people just to excuse that. But it's a holy moment. Don't stop. (laughs) And so fellowship is holy. But when we come together, there is an assurance, not just that we belong, but that God is real. Because actually, wow, to bong, it's not just me. I'm not just making this up. And that other person, and that, wow, this is real. This thing I've given my life to, this thing I have sold out my soul to matters. And it's real. Because when we are just by ourselves, our mind does some crazy things. Thirdly, there's an advance. When we come together, We learn together. We admonish and teach each other in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. When we listen to the word, there is an opportunity where the Holy Spirit might just catch our hearts and sanctification will increase. There's a space where somebody will just say something with the Holy Spirit. Something will just happen and suddenly we go, hold on. I want to obey God. This isn't it. Hold on. I need to tithe because that's going to help my finances and I'm going to be righteous before God and I don't have to embezzle from my company anymore. But even more than that, there's a space that as that happens, we realize we're on a journey together. That the point of church isn't just you sitting here being blessed on a Sunday, but it's that you go out there and you show forth the glory and the wonder of the God you serve. And other people ask, what do you have that I don't have? And then we've had it so much tonight, but gathering together accentuates joy. I don't know if you know Uncle Tiam. Who knows Uncle Tiam? And, you know, he's this awesome man, this Afrikaans man, but he's a big guy, you know, he's a big manly guy. This morning, I was, we were in 12 o'clock service, and we were singing a song, and it was all about the resurrection of Christ, like how Jesus is resurrected. And in a moment, I looked over, and Tiam was jumping up and down like a child, just as he was so excited that Jesus was risen. And I thought to myself, I actually said it in, when I was preaching this morning, I said, you know what, there's no, I know Tiam, there's no chance in heck that he would do that at home by himself. But because we are together, all experiencing the absolute beauty and wonder that Jesus is alive, the joy is accentuated. And it's a thing where whatever you walked in with again, whatever was in your life, because we're all in agreement and we're gathering together and we're celebrating God, we're all going to get joy. That's what happens in the corporate. What also happens in that moment with joy is that our faith increases. Why? Because we come in and we all have different levels of faith, or some of us have full of it and some of us have none of it. And then the service starts, 
and God starts moving. And somebody else's faith wins an open door for us and we all get to share in it. And we start believing and we start trusting. So often, I'm gonna tell you, I leave the hub service and I am so full of faith for my week. I know God is gonna do something awesome in your lives and you're gonna come back with testimonies. Why? Because in this gathering, faith took off. And then the last one I wrote down was agreement. Psalm 133 says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Do you want more of God's blessing? Get into agreement. Get into agreement. And one of the powerful things of corporate singing, we can't just choose which song we want to sing. We're not all just on our iPhones in with our ears on that church website where we don't like song three, so we've chosen song four. <laughs> God, please spare us. <laughs> and so maybe you like the song, maybe you don't. But what you get to do is make a choice to be in agreement. And when you choose that choice to be in agreement, oh my word, the blessing of God is commanded. What that means is as soon as we are in agreement, blessing must come. It cannot disobey. It has to visit us. And that agreement isn't that every one of our opinions is the same. That agreement is that God is God, Jesus is his son, and the Holy Spirit is working amongst us. That agreement is he is good and we are seeking him. And then to come back to that point about spiritual family, um, researchers Valdesolo and Destinu found that synchrony, just another word for agreement, synchronizing, when we get into agreement, it leads individuals to feel more compassion for others that they have had similar experiences with. And that this compassion leads to greater altruistic acts being demonstrated towards them. So if you're struggling to love the family around you, this crazy bunch of people God has put in you, start getting into agreement with them. Start worshiping God together with them, praying, seeking Him out, discipling, going on outreaches. Do it together. Because when you move in agreement, you're going to learn to love each other. Your compassion for each other is going to grow. And you know what? Your compassion for the world is going to grow. And so I thought tonight we could maybe practice some thankfulness. If you've been struggling a bit with gratitude or thankfulness, or even if you haven't, I want you just to take a moment. I want you to bow your head, and I want you to start thanking God for where you see him in your life. If you're going through a really tough time, Lord Jesus, I'm asking for everybody who hasn't seen you in the middle of that situation, would you just come and show yourself to them right now? And just look for him. He's there. Maybe all he's doing is holding your hand, but you are not alone. And God, we are going to give thanks to you tonight with gratitude in our hearts, Lord God, that you are with us, that you never leave us or forsake us, that you are present with us.
you, Jesus. Church, I want us to to take a moment to do that um, practice of being family for one another and being encouraging when the other's faith is low. And so if there is anybody here that is struggling to give thanks, that has been going through the most, as we say, if there's anybody that has had a season of grief, we've had a lot of grief in our staff lately, and just if you're in that space that your faith is weak, would you be vulnerable and let us pray together with you tonight? And if that is you, would you mind just raising your hand or both of your hands so that we can gather around you tonight and pray for you? We're going to pray for Siva Marsh as well. They lost their baby this week. If you didn't know, Marsha was pregnant. So we're going to pray for them and trust for them. If there's anybody else that wants prayer, would you also mind just raising your hands where you are? Great. Great. Let's just gather around one another tonight. Stand around each other. You can move around. Don't stay in your seat. Make sure that there is somebody that you are praying with right now. If you need that prayer, keep your hands raised until there are people gathering around you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that you are good. You are always good, Jesus. And like Greg said, we don't always, we're not thankful for these situations, but we are thankful that you are with us in these situations, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, that your power is made perfect in our weakness, Lord God, that it is your joy that gives us strength, Lord Jesus. And so we stand with our brothers and sisters tonight, Lord God. We thank you that you are with them, that you go before them, Lord God, that you have a plan for them, Jesus. I thank you that you are protecting them and covering them, Lord God, and I pray that your joy would arise in them, Lord. Joy not based on their circumstances, but based on the promise of your goodness, based on the fact that you are faithful to keep your promises, Jesus. I pray that you would comfort those who are mourning, Lord God. I thank you that that is the blessing that you command. And we pray for anybody that has been through grief, Lord. We just pray, Holy Spirit, that your presence would be with them. We release your comfort over them right now, Lord God. We release your peace over them, Lord, right now in this moment, that your peace would guard their hearts and minds. We pray for any of those who are trusting for children and have lost children, Lord God. We pray that you would see their desires and answer those prayers, Lord God. We pray that wherever faith is weak, that you would do what only you can do, Jesus, that you would bring faith, that you would give us that gift of faith, Lord. I pray that you would minister your healing, your joy, and your hope, Lord God. I thank you that we, we, we don't hope for what we already have, Lord, but we hope for what we do not yet have. And so we choose in this moment to hope because we do not have it yet, Lord, because we are still seeking you, Lord Jesus. We put our hope in you, Father. I pray that your presence would be with these people, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.